Peace to the God. Peace to the universe. And welcome back to the audience. You are in the FN universe. It is 2.16 a.m. What day is it, brother? I don't even know. I think it's well, the first. Well, it's the second now. Wow. We are <clears throat> in 5-2-2021. May 5th. Um, we left off yesterday talking about uh, motivational therapy in the form of um, a couple of um, things that we have to get right in our minds. Um, uh, what's on your mind tonight, really? <clears throat> um, nothing, bro. Uh, what we say in um, uh, psychology, mm-hmm. what is deemed uh, tepula rasa, and Tepla Rasa is, is what we say that children are, are born with in their mind, and that is a blank slate. <laughs> Ready mm. to be recorded on. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, what was that video you sent me with this black guy having a discussion with this black woman about... Um, <clears throat> white privilege. Yeah. And he said it didn't exist. Mm-hmm. What was that about? I watched the video, but I, I didn't get his point. Well, I don't know if you've seen this guy be- before. I think I've sent you a video or two of him in the past. But um, he is a special type of Negro. <laughs> um, but he was making the argument that um, white privilege didn't exist. And he was asking the sister, um, he didn't believe that white privilege exists and he didn't believe that racism existed. Hmm. He's a a black guy from Alabama. Hmm. Right? The worst part of fucking racism. Well, you know, we like to think that, but, you know, Benson Hurst is in New York. Hmm. You know. Good point. So um, I I um, liking racism to America, period. Hmm. Right. Um, <clears throat> but however, he is a different type of st- stupid black person. Hmm. Um, the fact that he would um, and 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 so I I question his um, I question how authentic he is. Um, and I don't. I, in every in every episode I've seen him, I I just um, I, I question how authentic he is. I almost feel like he's a plant. Um, mm. But you know, he was questioning the sister about whether or not white privilege existed, and she was looking at him saying, "Well, how do you not understand that racism? <laughs> I'm gonna say the white privilege doesn't doesn't exist." And he he was like, give me an example. And so um, I know when I said you to be there, you you responded to, responded to me by saying something like, um, "Does white privilege not exist because of her bad answer?" Right. You know, or explain or something like that. And my response to you was, um, I, I I think I text you simply, Jane Elliott. Right, and, and I don't know if you're familiar with Jane Elliott. Are you familiar with Jane Elliott? Through you, yeah. Okay, so Sister Jane uh, Elliott, who's a white woman, <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, she uh, goes around and she basically does what Malcolm X <clears throat> asked what asked white people to do mm. when white folks asked asked him, "Can they join his organization?" Mm-hmm. And what he said to them is, um, I think what would be what would be best if you want to support me is to go to places where I can't go. Hmm. Go 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 to your family members, go to your friends, go to white organizations, and say to them what you're saying to me. 
mm. and deliver and deliver that message to them <clears throat> as opposed to coming here trying to work with me because I'm not going to be able to infiltrate those organizations. You as white folks are going to have to do that. Mm, and right. so and, and so um, the, why I responded with Jane Elliott because Jane Elliott was a was a school teacher I think in like the Midwest and but she would hold these conferences with nothing but white folks and one of the questions she asked of nothing but a room full of white folks she said do you know what's happening to black people hmm. right and if, and everybody was like yeah have you seen have you heard you know and the audience was like yes and so she then asked the audience do you think it's wrong hmm. right and then and 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 she then asked, if you think it's wrong, how many of you would be willing to trade places with black people and become black people? Hmm. And nobody raised their hand. <laughs> so then she said, so that means that says to me that you know what's going on, you know that it's not fair, you know that it's not right but you're not willing to do anything about it. Mm. And you know that you don't want it done to you. Mm. That, to me, is the epitome of white privilege. Right. Right? And, and, and so, <clears throat> while the system may not have been able to articulate uh, black or, 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 or white privilege, it, it, it just says something to me about her not understanding history or the context of, of history, mm. right? You know, particularly history of black people and white people in this country, right? So let's just do, let's, let's just do a timeline, right? If you were born in America and you were born in America as a white man in the 1920s, the 1900s, Mm -hmm. the 1920s, the 1930s, the 1940s, the 1950s. Do you understand the privilege that you were born into if you were a white man? Mm. You were born into a time where nobody else had advantages that you had, right? Women, right. women couldn't vote. Black women couldn't vote. You know what I'm saying? Women, women couldn't hold jobs. You see what I'm saying? There's all this privilege here, right? That's putting you in a position that nobody else is in a position to have, mm. right? So then it, even if we go, let's say, I, I think white women were given the right to vote in 1919, right? Mm -hmm. So they were given the right to vote, but they still couldn't work, mm. right? They still couldn't hold jobs. They ain't even speaking about black women. Right, right. For, for, forget that they ain't even including black men in the jobs that they could get. But right. if you were simply a white man, you know, without an education, you were able to get jobs that black men with education could get. Mm. Right. So if you think about people like W. B. E. Du Bois, right, who I think it was the first black person to go to Harvard. Yeah. <clears throat> right. But even a the first black man to be able to go to Harvard couldn't come out and teach at a white institution. <laughs> you, see, you see what I'm saying? So, so the, the, the fact that you talk about what white privilege is and whether or not it, it existed, there were black people that, that went and got a college education and the only place they could teach is at black universities or at black schools. Mm -hmm. So and so in places like Washington, DC, schools like uh uh H um Dunbar, mm -hmm. uh, uh Coolidge, all these black prominent black um Anacostia, all these black um schools here in the district, the reason why those schools were excelling at the time was because Black people, black people who had college degrees and advanced degrees, they could only teach at the local high, at the local black high schools. Hmm. So those those kids were getting stellar educations because those those black teachers couldn't do anything else. 
they couldn't work outside the black community. But not only could they not out, not only could they not work outside the black community, but even if they went to school, the type of degrees that they could get was only like teachers. Mm. Like you could only get a degree like a teacher, <clears throat> or you that you couldn't get there were it was very limited in terms of people being able to get a doctoral degree. Mm. Right. And they were limited in terms of the fields that they were going to be able to go into. So they were only like 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 four fields that black people were, were only able to go and in, go into during those times. So if you're asking the question about black pri- privilege or I mean white privilege, if 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 you grew up during our time, right, mm-hmm. during the 1970s, what shows were on TV? You were watching Archie Bunker, mm. right? You were watching Mash. You know you you were, you know limited in terms of black people that you saw on TV when you saw them on TV. Right. If if, if we also if the we, black exploitation era. Yeah and the black civil rights era mm-hmm. of 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 nineteen sixty. Mm-hmm. You know but, but black exploitation in film is well, to clarify what I'm saying. But 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 so and so yeah so adding all that into what do you mean you don't understand what white privilege is? Exactly. You know, white white men that went to war in World War II and come, came home after fighting Hitler mm-hmm. were given a GI Bill. Mm. They were able to buy homes. Mm. They, they were able to go back into their jobs. They were able to go back into white stream America where those same black men who went to that same war mm. were being discriminated against in the 1940s. Couldn't buy homes. Mm. You know, couldn't couldn't do things that white privilege provided white men to do and white people to do during that time. It, 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 and, and not only were they not able to do that, but these people were, were given, you know, the GI Bill to go to college. They were given a GI Bill to buy homes. Black people couldn't even buy historically for years in certain communities because they were black. Hmm. So white privilege means that they were giving the advantage for years and even even up to today. Centuries. You know, of white privilege. And and so for this black man to ask this question, I, I think it would have been fair for the sister to, to ask him why do you say it doesn't exist? Right. And what what proof do you have? Right. You know, you, you defend your position on saying that white privilege doesn't exist. Right. You know, that racism doesn't exist. Well, you know? that, that's the, the type of ignorance that we have to deal with, not only in the white community, but within our own ranks of... Um, Black power thinking. There are blacks. Um, as a senator that's married to a white woman that just came out in the uh, news the other day. I forgot what he was saying, but he had a similar mentality of um, the guy that you sent me the video on. Um, that there's, there's a certain type of um empathy towards white power that um, we can um, somehow in the black community identify with and it causes us to make these ignorant assumptions that white power doesn't exist and that affirmative action should never have uh, happened because it was racial in its intent. But that's the most ignorant thing, right? right. So, and, and and you, and if you say that, you, you could only be speaking from that perspective of ignorance. Because hmm. one, the, the reason why affirmative action came about was because of the imbalance, hmm. right? It, it was because of the imbalance of the lack of inclusiveness, right? 
So they understood that there were no black people, that there were no people of color, Asian, black, Chinese, whatever. There were no people of color, you know, in these in in these spaces. So they had to so they had to create an opportunity for these people to come. Now, these people of color, these minorities, whether they be black men, black women, Asian, Chinese, whatever, what whatever they were, you didn't you didn't go there because you were a minority. You went there because you met the qualifications hmm. and you were a minority. Right. So the, 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 when I hear that ignorance, it says to I, I, I hate when people get in that space and then they can't defend it because that minority that went there, that minority was qualified. Right. That minority met all of the qualifications and he was a minority or and right. she was a minority. So they, they, they went there because they met all the qualifications that every other white person met. But the fact that they were a minority and 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 there needed to be inclusiveness in it. Right. Because and that's, before then we were denied. Exactly. We qualified. Right. Based on the color. And so even those people that got that opportunity to go there because they were minority still had to meet the qualifications of everybody else that was there. Hmm. So when I hear people, it's like that's a simple argument. And I don't understand why people can't meet the argument unless they just don't know the, 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 the foundation of why that came about, how that came about. Not knowing your own history. You know, and, 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 and while there were no requirements for white folks, what's, you know, whatsoever to, go, to, 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 go, to get into these institutions, hmm. they could just go there by de facto that they were white. Hmm. Now that, brother was a lecture on how we should respond to such foolishness. We should respond at all. Absolutely. I mean, because if you think about it, bro, you know, if if we go back, let's just just do something simple. Let's look at the drug laws. Mm -hmm. Right? You know, crack cocaine versus powder cocaine. Right? And, And how that affected, and how that affected or impacted black people. Mm-hmm. Right, because majority of black people were using crack cocaine as opposed to white people using um, powder cocaine. People were prosecuted more because of crack cocaine than powder powder cocaine. That it, that tremendously affected the black community. That was racist. Those laws were racist. Mm-hmm. You know, if 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 you look at the case of uh, let's look at uh, there was a case in South Carolina, what white woman named Susan Smith that that killed her children. Right, hmm. she she killed her children, drove them off into the water, and drowned them. And then she said a black man did it, hmm. and people automatically believed that. Oh, ready, almost ready to start a, a mob. They didn't almost. They did for instant justice. They 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 didn't they didn't they they didn't almost they did. Hmm. If 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 you think about Ted Bunny. Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer. Hmm. The only reason why these white men were successful at murdering all the people that they were murdering was because they were white. Right. Exactly. You know, and, and, and here's the biggest thing for me, bro. For me, I think the biggest example of white privilege, if you grow up white in this country, you can grow up and have ideas of starting your own business, right? You can grow up without um, fears of living free and going anywhere in this world that you want to go, right? You, you, you just have these unlimited goals that you can grow up with. Whereas if you're Black, you don't grow up with those same liberties and those same freedoms of, of being able to um, think, you know, I want to own my own business or I'm going to own my own business, I'm going to do all these different things without thinking about the ramifications of can I do this because I'm black, mm-hmm. you know, um, of, of running into roadblocks because you're black, right? You, you, I, I, it's interesting to me, I've, you know, in watching 
white people grow up and, and seeing how they have all these dreams about starting their own businesses and starting them. Hmm. But the luxury and the freedom of doing that, whereas black people run into all these roadblocks starting at home hmm. with your parents, your friends, with the banks, you know, with everybody telling you, you can't do that, or denying hmm. you a loan or denying you, you know, X, Y, Z, because you don't fit the mode of, of doing that. Where white people grow up really, really free, thinking about what they want to be, who they want to be, what business they want to start, with, 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 without the burden of, are they going to be any racial roadblocks that are going to prevent me from doing this? Hmm. Am I going to fight? Am I, am I going to have to fight extra hard to be able to do this? Hmm. Indeed. And we are at the 21 minute mark in DF Universe. If you wanted to know what is the proof, there it is. Um, if that does not suffice as proof to you, maybe there is something wrong with you and not wrong with the way we describe the system. The system is control and white owned. And whether you like it or not, it is biased towards the people that own and operate the system. And there has been historically a um, edict in this system, this white system, to marginalize all other peoples, including and specifically black people who came here as chattel slaves. Now, there may have been one or two black roaches crawling around this wilderness of North America free at the time, but the law and the belief of the people of this system was to enslave you mentally and then um, oppress you physically. That has not changed in terms of... Um, and psychologically. There you go. And um, people that wish to deny that have an agenda. Whether it's them being married to white uh, spouses or there are... Um, Employment. Right. Or in some type of... Um, business relation with um, uh, white uh, audiences or white um, corporations, they are compromised people. And we have to understand that the language that they speak and the um, fermented knowledge that they have is tainted with that system. Because they know that that's, if that system breaks down, there's nothing else for them. They, they benefit from um, putting out that ignorance. Uh, Facebook is the white man's school that um, barred Minister Farrakhan. Um, there's just been a recent... Eight, um, episode with uh, Damon Johns of um, the Shark Tank uh, TV show and um, although Minister Farrakhan spoke um, wisely and um, w without um, pointing blame at anybody never said anything about white people during his speech uh, for the death of um, DMX funeral and Damon Johns complimented him on the speech he was asked to um, recount or, or um, repudiate or as Dr. Collard would say 
repudiate uh, Minister Farrakhan and take down his tweet from the Twitter universe. So this is what we have to deal with. Um, and there is no authenticity in people that are compromised that way. And they are Black people, but um, they have been compromised. And if you don't understand that, you are not going to be an effective Black power thinker in your damn self. And we are at the 26-minute mark in DF and Universe. I'll let you come back and uh, respond to this or any other thing that you'd like to come to. And we'll be right back after these messages. Peace. Peace to the universe. Uh, Welcome back, Dr. Moore. Uh, Welcome back to our audience. You are in DFN Universe at 2.46 a.m. when we could be out partying on a Saturday night. We are here talking about black power, um, black power thinking, black power psychology, and even a little black power humor. Um, we just spoke of um, Jane Elliott, um, proof that uh, white privilege exists, uh, Damon Johns, and we wanted to continue the conversation with uh, any insights that you have, Dr. Moore. Um, Interesting, bro. I was just having this conversation um, with my daughter, uh, my daughter, my wife, probably I think it was last week, right? Mm. And the conversation, I'm not sure how it started, but I think it started somewhere around um, my my son starting his first job and what that meant, right? And so we were just kind of talking about um, like work habits, job habits, um, what it looks like, um, and what you could be um, influenced by, right? Mm-hmm. So my my son's his first my son's first job outside of cutting the grass. Um, his new job is at Panera, right? And so we were, um, my wife, and my daughter, and I, we were having a conversation while he was at work uh, at dinner, and we were saying that um, we we were happy that his first job was at Panera, mm-hmm. in that. Um, Panera, kind of like Chick-fil-A or Starbucks um, tend to have a more positive work environment, hmm. right? And so, because they have a, a, they tend to have a more positive work environment, it, it kind of creates a early healthy work habit, hmm. right? You know, as opposed to, if, you know, working at, I, I don't want to criticize Popeyes or McDonald's or whatever, <laughs> but that's probably not the best place for you to expect the best customer service or best work ethic. You just don't go there looking for that. Mm. You know, often you might go to Popeye's or, you know, one of those fast food restaurants and Popeye's is probably not going to have chicken. They probably going to tell you, depending on what time you get there, we out of chicken, mm. you know, um, or you probably just not going to see the most professionalism. And and so we were talking to her about that. And then the conversation escalated. The conversation escalated into um, uh, the system and capitalism, right? And so then we, as we started to get into this conversation about the system and capitalism, you know, um, I started to talk about what the system look, looks like. Um, at least from her her perspective, right? And she was saying that um, the way the system is is structured, it teaches you that you have to be this way, that you have to be this way, that you have to, you know, behave this way and think this way. And she was saying that even as ineffective as it is, or even as broken as it is, people that go through that, they, they tend to, once they get in those positions, to put other people through those same positions, 
right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and even though they know that it's not right, they, they tend to repeat those behaviors because the system has taught them that. And then in return, they teach other people that. And so that she was saying that it was, it's reciprocal. Mm-hmm. And I was, and so I was saying, well, I mean, so we started getting into conversations about people like, like the music industry, right? Like, let's just talk about like, okay, music, like rap or R&B, where people have historically been uh, taken advantage of or misused, and but they do it because it was something that was done to them. Mm. And, I, and I was like, wow, but I think that's changing. I think, yeah, that has historically happened, but I think it's changing now. Um, but I think her thought process was, you know, maybe but not enough. Um, so we were going through that whole conversation, you know, with my daughter, just in terms of talking about, you know, um, do you re- do you continue to repeat the system that you went through with someone else? You know, are you able to change it? Because part of my argument was, if if you are in the system, you're not really in a position to change it, hmm. right? Th- th- that was my so that was my argument for the most part. My my argument was like, if you're working for someone, you really can't change their rules. Hmm. right you it's their rules so if that's what you go through the next person that comes along you put them through that but you don't put them through that because you want to you put them through that because that's the rules and it, and it's only until you have your own that you can you know do something different and so i remember in part of the conversation we started talking about like p diddy right mm-hmm. and she was saying that um that um, Puffy historically, you know, has taken advantage of, of artists. I, I was saying, I, I'm not aware that, you know, maybe he has, maybe he hasn't. But what I was, was saying, and I'm not even a big Puffy fan like that. I don't like or dislike, but I'm not the super Puffy fan. But I, I am um, appreciative of the things that I see him do that are good. And so I applaud that. And one of the things that I've seen him do is, create platforms for people <clears throat> for people to 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 come up right mm-hmm. you know I, I watch a show on on revolt I, I've I I see Puffy as being um not only an entrepreneur but being a bridge um for other people and creating routes for other people that probably would not have had those opportunities, so I don't knock Puffy at all as related to that. I, uh, and and if in fact he has taken advantage of artists, maybe that was something that was done to him, and initially he didn't know another way. But I think that he has turned the curve in that. Mm-hmm. And and so I'm very appreciative of of what I've seen him do, what I know him to have done, you know, and creating opportunities for other people, you know, while creating opportunities for himself. So I'm appreciative of that, but I understand the, the I do understand the structure uh, or the system, you know, in terms of um, the way it's structured and how it is preventative of, of people being able to do things on their own. The other part of that, I, I, um, we're talking about the system, but then we got into talking about capitalism, and so I I said to my my daughter, I said. Well, before we even get, I said, I understand that, that part about the system, but let's go into a more deeper, deeper historical context context of it. And that is um, uh, um, hold, on, hold on one second. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that is how the system was created. And the system was created via capitalism. Mm-hmm. This whole country was created via capitalism. When America broke from Great Britain, the reason why they broke from Great Britain was because they felt like they were having taxation without representation, meaning they were paying taxes, but they couldn't say anything against the king. They couldn't say anything against the queen. They couldn't say anything against the government, right? And, and so, but they were paying taxes. 
And so the, it created this great revolt. And this great revolt is what is a result of America, how America got started. Because they broke away from, from this American revolution. They broke away from, from Great Britain and the king and the queen. And then they started America. And, and in them starting America, they said, well, when we create our country here in America, what, what we're going to do, the first thing we're going to do is we're not going to allow that to happen again. So our number one law in the Constitution is going to be freedom of speech. Mm. We're going to be able to say what we want to say. There's no king. There's no queen. None, none of that foolishness. We're going to, you know, you can say whatever you want to say against anybody else. You can worship like you want to worship. You know, you could be Catholic. You could be uh, Roman or Roman Catholic. You know, holiness, Baptist, Protestant. You know, you could be all those things. That was that was that was number one. Mm-hmm. Then number two, the number two constitutional rule was: we're gonna give you the right to bear arms, right? So we're gonna give you the right to protect your freedom of speech. You know, and anybody that comes against you that says you can't say X, Y, and Z, you know, you got the right to protect yourself. So this was America in its foundation, right? But in in America creating creating those things, they also created was started to create capitalism, right? And capitalism was about work, right? And so when you work, you get paid. But what they realized was wow, this country needed to be built up. This country needed to so while all these indigenous people did people coming from all these other places were coming here and they were you know trying to start you know um e-commerce and all the other stuff you know america still wasn't growing the way it needed to grow economically mm-hmm. so thereupon comes a slave right <laughs> because now what they realized was we needed you know people to do this work but we needed people to do this work for free. We need people to build this country. And when they realized they could get people to build this country for free, well, all of a sudden, the slave trade became the biggest monopoly, became the biggest thing for hundreds and hundreds of years. Because now what you got was free labor. You got to build a country and not pay them anything. And, and and when America saw that, it became slaves became a cash cow, because prior to that, even if you had cows, even if you had human beings, they weren't other human beings weren't able to till the land. They weren't able to do the crops. They weren't able to do those things that the slaves were able to do. And so when they saw that they could do that, that they could they had other people. They could bring to this country and they could make them work for free. That became a huge monopoly, a huge cash cow for America. So that happened for hundreds and hundreds of years. Even understanding that you are mistreating human beings, in order for them to do that, they had to cognitively distance themselves from those people being human beings and treat them as something other than that yes, in, order, in order to build the country. And that's what this country did. And that's what cap and that's that's how America became the great country that it became, because America had the the advantage that no other country had in terms of free labor and because of slavery. Yes. And sir. and so America was able to grow and do things that other people couldn't do because America had free labor. No other country had free labor. No other country had people that was working for free that were doing the things that they were doing. So America was able to trade at a rate that no other country could trade. They were able to do things that no other country could do because they had free labor. Yes, sir. And thusly is the reason why America had the Civil War because as, as America, because they were advancing as a free country, as a new country, than any other country. They were doing stuff that no other country could do at the speeds that they were able to do it because they had free labor. Thusly, in them doing that, internally became a problem, right? Internally, it became a problem because they started to advance so far or so fast in certain parts of the country 
particularly the northern states, that they started to move from agriculture to industrialization. So now the not the northern state didn't need slaves because now they were they were creating machines, right? And those machines were able to do things at a faster rate than human beings could do. Mm -hmm. So they didn't really need human beings. So it wasn't that the northern states were feeling like we don't necessarily believe in slavery. They just didn't need slavery as much because they had they had machines. And so they were becoming more textile. So now the country then, or the United States, well, we weren't the United States at the time, we were colonies. But the 13 colonies began to um, split or want to split, right? Yes, sir. South Carolina, you know, the place of, 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 of you know, our parents was the first one to rise up and say, you know what? We want to split from the Union. South Carolina was the first state to say that. Hmm. Beating Alabama, Georgia, any rest of those deep southern states. South Carolina jumped up and said, boom, oh hell no. We need we need the slaves, we're keeping the slaves. In fact, we'll split from the end. We won't, you know, we, we won't be a part of you guys. Hmm. Abraham, Abraham was Abraham Lincoln's biggest problem, right? As being the president and thinking, how in the world can I preserve the union? because these southern states are willing to split. These southern states want to keep their slaves. You know, <clears throat> it wasn't so much that he believed and he was pro-slavery. You know, it wasn't so much that he believed that um, believing a black man or believing a black man or black people are equal. He just wanted to preserve the union. He wanted to keep, um, he did not want the union to be split under his inauguration, Right. We almost had we almost had something similar during his time in terms of what we had with the uh insurrection in terms of Trump in modern day. We almost had that during during his time, if even if you want to call it, you know, even if even if you want to call it that, there was a insurrection. These people were anti this president. They were not, you know, wanted to go along with his ideology in the north and what they wanted to do. So there was this big divide. As a result of this big divide, we had the Civil War. Yes, sir. So, uh, well, I, know, I think I just gave you kind of like a history lesson, bro. Indeed. <laughs> I wanted to um, expound on the the point of um, people repeating abusive behavior as a part of the power dynamic. Um, even though they know certain things are wrong, it doesn't just happen in, in white privilege. You can look at gangs and their abuse and exploitation of, of its members and how in order for that gang to be successful, they have to continue that abuse for the next rank and file. Um, the same thing happens in um, education where whatever abuse is occurring, or uh, politics, or just our everyday <clears throat> lives of something being abusive somehow becomes repetitive due to that cognitive dissonance of admitting that it's wrong. Well, here's the thing, bro. Right? So, in psychology, there's something called the Rosen. I think it's the Rosenthal effect, hmm. right? And what happened with the Rosenthal effect psychologically is it's more about authority and people adhering to authority, hmm. right? And so if people, it's, it's how people see authority. People tend to um, adhere to authority more than anything else. So if someone sees, you know, someone as an authoritative figure, they tend to adhere to it, whether it be a child, whether it be a gang, whether it be um, church people, you know, the way they see their pastor. It, it, what the Rosenthal effect showed was there were a group of college students, right, mm -hmm. um, that were told that 
and don't quote me on all the details. But um, anyway, uh, there were a group of college students that were told um, there were these um, people that were connected to these shocks, right? Mm-hmm. And they witnessed uh, these authoritative figures shocking these these people, mm-hmm. right? And telling these and telling these people and telling the college students that these um, uh, these shocks um, meant X, Y, and Z, right? right? And so they knew that these 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 you know pushing the button was going to shock these people, but they had already seen authoritative figures do that. And even though they heard these people um, whimpering and, and moaning and all the rest of these, these things that were painful and traumatic, they did these things anyway because they saw authoritative figures do that. Hmm. And, and, and so, and because authoritative figures told, told them to do it, they did it. Right. And and so what the study showed was that people adhered more to authority than not. Hmm. So even though they were college educated people or, or college educated students, and even though they knew that they were shocking and hurting these people, they still adhered to authoritative figures. So what the research showed was that people tend to adhere to authority when they grow up or when they um, you know, ha- have, have been trained that way to listen to authority, mm-hmm. those, people, those people tend to listen to authority regardless of hurting people or not hurting people. Hmm. And um, that's how uh, the, the type of um, experiments um, about Hitlerism uh, where they showed that the people are going to do what the officers want them to do, yeah, lest they be um, put through the same uh, subjugation or harshness and cruelty, uh, or or even or even if they're not, they're going to listen to that authority figure, right? Or if, if you or ignore any. Uh, uh, evidence of wrongdoing in that uh, system. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that, so, so, what you saw with Trump and hmm. and and the insurrection. Hmm. You know, it wasn't even about a recourse. It was just him. They saw him as an authoritative figure, telling them take over the capital. That it was okay. That it was okay. Right. Take over the country. Right. right. So, the, so was the same in Jim Jones. Right. right. And, and and people seeing that authoritative figure, and it, and and here's the biggest thing. You know, the the loop in that is whether or not someone sees you in, as an authoritative figure. Because if a person doesn't see you in that way, doesn't matter what you say. You no, know, nobody's gonna listen to you. Right. But if but if you get an audience, hmm. it's different. Right. It's it's night and day. You had also told me about the. Uh, prison experience. We had a discussion on this is way back in our first uh, podcast were coming out. Um, the prison experiments where a bunch of college students were given the role of um, CO or um, correctional officer or prisoner. And they conducted the experiment. They even rented out a web and set it up as a jail with real metal bars and everything. And this was a weekend experiment at one of them. I forgot which uh, university it was. And um, by the the end of the weekend, it was supposed to have data collected about the experiment of how um, the correction officers could abuse their authority. And... um, they had to end the uh, the um, experiment early, prematurely, because it had gotten out of hand where the correction officer's students were actually taking on the very thing that they Absolutely. knew was wrong. Absolutely. <laughs> and Absolutely. Um, 
Jane Elliott had an experiment with the um, the white students of her class. Um, with the blue which, eyes. Right. And the green, blue, blue eyes. And gray, and the, green eyes. Right. And she gave one privilege and the other um, no privilege at all. And there arose the conflict and um, the fight to protect versus the fight to um, overtake or, or endure the subjugation. So, bro, did, bro, did I, I that, did I tell you about the experience that I had in my in my in my yes, uh, you did. the um the class where you, if one was given privilege yeah, power yeah yeah through uh, money yeah 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 yeah, yeah. That, I, I I experienced I experienced that myself right and and that is how this um system continues to exist and people continue to ignore things because they are supposedly lawful to do and that is what um we have to get over to the people about that type of power but 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 not only but not only is it lawful to do but bro i think more than is lawful to do there's a comfort bro that you get with privilege, correct. There, there, there's a comfort, bro, in, in that you don't want to lose. That is correct. You know, it, it, you you gain some type of power, um, in terms of money, finance, or whatever it is. You know, mm-hmm. man. You know, you're not even really aware, maybe sometimes, right? Um, of how it's impacting you. You know, mm-hmm. but it it is really psychologically man i'm telling you you have to be the exception as opposed to the norm in order to break that to break it yep and that's um, that reciprocal abuse of authority that we have um historically been the victims of and for anyone to deny that is quite crazy quite foolish and we are at the 27 mark 27 minute mark in the effing universe this has been our second segment we'll come back for our final segment and see if we can wrap this all up after these messages peace peace